the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I'm not The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. Things upset you. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Conversation anyway. Like when it popped up. So I was actually afraid I wouldn't be able to hear you, but that doesn't matter. It's, and it also looks different, so Skype has updated since I've done this. But it seems to update <laughs> everyone. Yay, Microsoft. Oh man, how are you? So um, I know the I know the answer, but I feel like I say this at the beginning <laughs> of every episode. I'm here. I'm breathing. It's good. Steadily. Yeah. Yeah. You say yes. Sorry, my headphones jacked up, but they're fixed now. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. It's it's, it's busy week, but good. Good. How was Memphis? Um. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I was there for basically less than 24 hours, technically, because I got there around 1 o'clock Memphis time and left the next morning about 9.30 Memphis time. So I was there for less than 24 hours. The 11 hours on the road was a little bit exhausting. 11 hours there, 24 hours. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so like five and a half there. Oh, okay, five so about an hour total. I was yeah. like, that seems like an awfully long drive. Yeah, no, I, if it was that long, it wouldn't happen. I'm dedicated, but I'm not that dedicated. Uh. <laughs> but no, it was fine. I accomplished what I needed to. Um, had to go out to dinner with like the work group. There's only three of us this time around, so it was a little bit more low-key, which was fine. But it was overall good. I rode with my boss both ways, and... It's always fun. He's he's a gosh, I don't know how to describe him. He is like um Michael Scott, but if Michael Scott were like intentionally funny. <laughs> I could dig that. So uh, yeah, so not what that. I've seen a few online interactions. Uh, he wow. does seem like a funny guy. So did you know that um Right now, as we speak, Shredder from and Dr. Chang from Lost is liking my tweets. No. Yeah, so he's on the show The Tick. Um, yes. He's and, the stepdad. Um, yes, yes. Um, and I just happened to tweet, because, you know, right now there's a, there's a, you don't know probably, but there's a hashtag make solo two happen. It's trending right now. Um, because it's the anniversary of when Solo came out. So a year ago today, we were hanging out at the movies. Um, and I tweeted that and said, while we're at it, hashtag save the tick, which is the hashtag for that movement, just to get it a third season. And he randomly liked it. So I tweeted him again, and he just liked it again. And then I tweeted a third time, not at him, and he tweeted, and he liked that too. 
Oh, aren't you just a celebrity? No, but I definitely am like a dude who is in lost is liking my tweets and my life is complete because this is sad. But I'm still excited. So I know I throw a lot of shade at that show, but there are definitely things that I, I probably will never forget. One of them is um, the the lab videos mm-hmm. that, that they would randomly find or whatever. And then there, there's one video where like something goes wrong and he kind of like breaks his character. Yes. I, I remember seeing that and being like, oh my God, what is happening? Oh, only to be later like kind of disappointed but still <laughs> i remember that feeling you know just like i remember we have to go back like, i will never forget that i i will be old with alzheimer's in some home somewhere not able to remember anybody's name that comes to visit me but i will remember we have to go back yeah probably me too <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Grandpa, where do we have to go? I'm like, oh, we have to go back. And, you know, and it's a show, like I said, that I know I throw a lot of shade at, but oh my God. I was on the hook for it so badly. <laughs> I mean, I was too. Yeah, but you continue to, to really love it. Because I'm smarter than you. It's just one of those things. I, I try not to call you out on it. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. So, so I uh, asked you for a dermatologist earlier today. Yes. And the one name you gave me was the one name that someone told me not to use, which I thought was really funny. Really? Yeah, they had some bad experience. But, you know, doctors are like that. You can't, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, okay. I'm sorry you had a bad experience. My friend had a good experience. I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I don't have, that's not a judgment of your recommendation. I just thought it was funny. I only got two definitive statements. One was positive and one was negative, And they were both about the exact same person. So it is a doctor's office. It's not like one person. There are several people in there that, that are dermatologists. Yeah. So, I, I really, I, I mean, I think you're right. It would depend on who you see, you know. I also sort of like this person is, gets a little intense at service-related things. And so I could also see, like, if I were a doctor, I'd be like, to this person. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, it was just very funny. I was just one of those, like, funny things but so this is somebody who would sit in a waiting room for 45 minutes and then get upset because they sat in the doctor's waiting room for 45 minutes but then take twice as long as they should when they're talking to the doctor (laughs) most definitely (laughs) okay so yeah so anyway i just thought it was very funny but i think um katie actually found a good friend who um, had a doctor and sort of they were able to have like a long conversation about it specifically. And so I think she's found somebody. So I think she's okay. Well, but either way, just one of those little things, little spots, you yeah. know, she's just getting checked out. No big deal. That's good. That's smart. So I just, I know that, uh, like when I went in and they were like, uh, they, you know, took a 
sample or whatever, tested it, came back. They're like, you need to come back. I went back. They're like, we need a bigger sample, but we're pretty sure you have skin cancer. And like when I came back the third time, it was, you definitely have skin cancer. This was all within like a two week period. Uh, you definitely have skin cancer. Here's the name of a uh, uh, surgeon who's also like, he's a plastic surgeon and like a legit surgeon. So he will be able to, you know, and they made the appointment for me, had me, you know, set up to meet him. And like, and it was very like smooth and they had a sense of urgency. And like, I felt like, well, even if they're not, if they were blunt, but like, I don't know. I, I've already been told I had cancer once. So like, it's not like, I don't need you to, you know, be nice to me about this. Be like, Oh no, you definitely have cancer. This is bad. This is what you need to do. <laughs> so I appreciated that. No. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, I think that's how I would be too. Um, but anyway, I think that, Anyway, this the person she talked to sort of described a doctor experience that would be definitely more in line with Katie than what you just described. And so I think she's going to be all set up. Uh, uh, but anyway, so how's your health in the evenings? Uh, uh, my health? Yeah. Mental or? <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all health. Um, I mean. What the not... hell's going on, man? Not great. I I honestly don't know. Like I'm super stressed out and um it just feels like I don't know. I, I'm having panic attacks in the middle of the night, which is something You're waking that you up. Yes. Um that you hasn't bad happened. dreams? Um, I mean not nightmares. They're not good dreams, and they're usually dreams about work. Mm-hmm. So, like the other night, I had some long dream that this dude quit, and then I showed up the next day, and they're like, "Hey, that thing he was working on, now it's all yours." On top of all of the stuff you're already doing, and so like I woke up like sweating and panicking. So, yeah. <laughs> huh. So, I mean, has anything changed at work? I mean, I know you've sort of your roles have changed with it's a while back. I mean, is it just sort of catching up with you? Um, it's just a lot of stuff going on. I've got a lot of people that have either, uh, not through any willingness of mine, but through safety performances, I'll just say that. And just because they found something else have just quit. And I'm responsible for replacing those people. And it's proving far more difficult than it used to be. So, it stresses me out. That makes sense. That would stress me out too. Um, and I've, you know, when I've got people asking me like, Hey, what are we going to do here? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have anybody. Well, why haven't you found anybody? Cause everybody asked says no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can't force people to do something. <laughs> so you, know, you also take the burden of these things pretty seriously, like work that, you take very seriously. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just something you definitely do. Yeah, no, I was told that uh, earlier this week. Like, you really have to stop taking this on. Like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You need to be able to let it go. Told if that to someone at work. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, if somebody quits or somebody gets fired or whatever, like, you need to be able to let that go. You need to not. But I, I don't know. I know I'm not the most compassionate person, but I'm generally compassionate about people's circumstances. You're so. actually extremely compassionate. It's just really funny to me when you always say you're not. You are. You just get annoyed with some people. So you say that overrides your compassion, in my opinion. But you're an extremely compassionate human being. See, I, I just, I've never felt that way. If somebody walks up to me on the street and asks me for money, generally I'm just like, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. Like, even if I had five bucks in my pocket. But unfortunately, that's gullibility. But if I were to call you and be like, <laughs> hey, man, here's what's going on. Can I have a hundred dollars? I'm really sorry to ask for it, ask you for it. But here's the situation. And it was a, and it was a sincere situation of need. But you would be like, I don't really have it. But here you go. That's compassion. Yeah, that's right. the difference. OK. And I think you would yeah. almost always if the circumstances were right and you literally had any ability to do whatever was needed would do that second thing, whatever that thing was that was needed. If you could, you absolutely would for almost anybody, even people who are genuinely not nice to you sometimes or genuinely disregard you most of the time or would never do the same for you and <clears throat> your family. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, that, that's basement true. air. I'm not used to the basement air down here. And, and to be fair, 95% of the people who quote unquote work for me, that I'm in charge of, I've never met them face to face. Which is, I mean, how you really bond with people is through a, a headset. I mean, that's true. I, I guess that's why I'm genuinely good at, from the start when I started this job, it was, you're so good on the phone. But then, like, face to face, I, like, shut down. Like, I can't, I, I was talking about this with Ryan earlier this week. And I don't remember how we got on the subject, but it was talking about like looking at people when you're talking to them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. He was like, but you work in the office. I'm like, yeah. And most of the people there understand like that thing about me. It's when somebody new comes in that it always is a problem. But most of the people I interact with are over the phone or through email or messaging or whatever. And so they're all fine with me. But like anytime anybody who has never met me face to face meets me, they're like, they want to talk to me. And I'm just like, uh huh. And I'll just sit there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think so. You have social, in my opinion. Okay. Here you go. Here's your diagnosis. And I'll subscribe your pills when we're done. Um, so, Yes, social anxiety and a deep uh, abiding compassion that mixes with a upbringing that was, let's just say, challenging, which makes you sometimes be compassionate to your fault, like to a fault in your circumstances um, uh, to people, but specifically people you don't have to see face to face most of the time. I imagine, Logan, that you would be a huge dick to your family in person these days if you were home all the time. If you've lived in, in where they live. Oh, probably. Most of them, outside of my sister and my dad, my, well, my mom to a degree, like Ryan didn't want to do, he had one had nothing to really do with me beyond like, oh, hey, if you want to podcast, let's podcast. 
don't want to hang out with me, you know. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, anyway. So, yeah. So, anyway, you're a very compassionate person. I'm sorry that this is stressing you out. It's going to be fine because it seems to be that you're doing very well at your job. And circumstances may make that challenging. So, But that doesn't seem to... The challenges you're facing, in my opinion, from what you've said and what I've heard, don't equal you doing poorly. It's just that those challenges aren't overcome because of the challenges compounding. But that doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. You know what I mean? Like if I was assigned to to build a website and I just didn't do it for four months, um, that would be me doing a bad job. But if like this is a real example, but if like our security servers were so intense that it was very difficult to get approvals to do things and to build things the way that was necessary. And it took me four months. That doesn't mean that means I'm doing a good job within my circumstances. And I can accept that, but that's where you and I diverge is that you cannot accept that as you not failing and just you doing the best you can with what you're given. And I hate that for you. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, even like my boss at some point this week, uh, one of the people that I'm frustrated with, who's always asking me, well, why, why hasn't this been done? Why haven't he lives in Arizona? So the only contact I have with him is either through the phone or through email or messaging. And that's usually the way we talk through email or messaging. And so I understand to him, sometimes it feels like, well, Logan's just not doing anything. Where like the flip side of that is my boss who sits directly, like literally three feet to my left, is constantly asking me what's wrong. I'm like, I'm huh. just having a hard time, you know, with this or that. What can I do to help? Like nothing, I'll figure it out. And then two hours later, he'll come by, walk by my desk or look up at me or whatever, he'll be like, You okay, man? <laughs> So, um, and at one point this week, he said, I know you're doing your job and you're doing a good job. You know, you're trying like, so why are you letting this get to you? I'm like, because I'm not succeeding. He was like, well, there's nothing you can do about that. But that's still not good enough for me. So. Yeah, I understand. Um. Anyway, I don't know. That's work. It's all crap. So I I did today at some point, uh, like I got caught up this afternoon on everything. And then I have all this other stuff I'm supposed to, to be working on for next week. And like after lunch, I came back, I was like, you know what? I'm caught up on all the stuff that needs to be caught up on. I'm done with this week. Like I'm just, uh, next week can worry about, worry about itself. I'm done. Like, I'm caught up. So, I'm just going to sit here and chill the rest of the day. Well, there you go. So. That's healthy. Yeah, it's like not more sarcastic than it sounded, but that's definitely healthy. Um, I'm going to regret it Tuesday. <laughs> so. You have a whole work. Do you work tomorrow? Yeah. Well, you have a whole day tomorrow to overcompensate. Yeah, we'll see. Are you leaving directly from work to go home? Um, I'm going to come back here because uh, it's been so hot that uh, I don't really want to go in the car with anything. 
especially yeah. electronics and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I'm going to come back here. I might make myself some dinner um, and then take off or wait and just take off later so that I can drive when it's not 8,000 degrees. But on the way back, I'll have a car with air conditioning. So, and will you leave the, the Mazda in Columbus to die? Uh, not to die, no. You know what I just, Yeah. I'll have to get back down there and get it at some point. I'm sure I'll take Groom down or if at some point one of our Katie or you and Katie both are going down, I'll wow. ask to get your ride. Why are you going back for it? Why won't you just let it go away? <laughs> it runs. There's nothing wrong with it except the air doesn't work. And the bumper's about to fall off? And it was about to fall off when you gave it to me. <laughs> but it's worse. <laughs> it is worse because I hit a couch on the highway. <laughs> Which was one of the scariest things in my life. <laughs> so you just want to have another car. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, really. But what and do it, you need it for? I'll use it to just drive back and forth to work. Sell it on Craigslist for 500 bucks. No. Why would you use it to drive to work? You have a car with air now. Well, and then if something happens and that car has to go into the shop, then I don't have a car. So I'll okay. drive that one back and forth to work, and then I'll use the newer, shinier car to go do other things. Strange bird, Logan Polk. Strange bird. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, do your thing. Cool. I don't care if it's your car. I don't care. <laughs> it's just funny to me. I'll be like, sweet, bye-bye. You know I put a lot of uh, um, personal value TLC things. So oh, that's true. Me and my things. So I'm like Steve Martin and the jerk. I don't get the reference. I haven't seen the jerk in too long. Uh, so when he's getting divorced from his wife, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't need anything except this thing right here. I don't uh, know. That's all I need. And then that thing over there. And then it's just him and all his things. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> I don't need any people, but I do need all my things. Uh, so what's dead to me? Is that what it's called? Yes. What's, what is it? Me? Do you... I'm I mean, assuming... I... Should Should I not know? I don't know if knowing will make you run out and watch it or go like, well, you told me, so now like I'll just watch it when I get around to it. Is it is it like one of those things like that Fred Armisen show that if in my Rudolph show on Amazon that if I know that I'll be I would have a lesser experience than like I did when I did not know going into that show what it was going to do? Do you remember that one? Yeah, I don't I don't think knowing the basic premise of what happens by the end of the first episode, which at the end of the first episode, I would have said, do not read anything about this. But then I finished the entire first season and it gets so much more bizarre than the first episode. So they're dead, right? No. Oh, oh. Well, then so, I obviously know nothing about the show. So is it funny? It is very funny, very dark, often depressing. 
it is like Bojack Horseman, but live action. <laughs> okay. And without the pure goofiness of it. So Yeah, okay. Uh, you don't have to say anything else. I'll watch the show. Christina Applegate is Are you one of those people who love her because of married no, with children and you were young? I do not. I okay. don't know that I've ever liked her in anything ever, except maybe the don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and i haven't seen that since i was 10 yeah i love so, that movie when i was little um i i think anchorman's fine i don't think she's very good um i like i'd have to look at her imdb page to pick something she is fantastic she's like on another level in this show but it doesn't even compare to what um, Velma from Scooby-Doo is doing. <laughs> Hawkeye's wife. Okay. No, I know. Yeah. What's her uh, name? Cardellini? Yeah. Linda I'm Cardellini. Not, I'm not going to say her first name because I can't remember Black Widow's first name. So I don't want to try names anymore on this show. <laughs> um, she, uh, which kills me because I have a huge crush on her. But mostly just because she's Velma Dinkley. <laughs> um, but yeah, she is. Uh, it's like an Emmy winning performance. Except it won't. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to check it out <laughs> for sure. I'm going to. Is it 30 minutes? Yes. A lot of episodes or a few episodes? 10 episodes and some of them aren't even 30 minutes uh okay. james marston cyclops uh yeah uh, james marston it's definitely marston. I was getting i'm no longer doing first names i don't think i told you that except for 10 seconds ago i'm not doing first names <laughs> okay um he is in it and he is i i don't it's so weird because every character in the show will go from extremely charming and you're like, ah, to like, by the end of the episode, you're like, oh my God, these people are horrible. That sounds like my kind of show. It is perfect. It is so perfect. When are you going to watch Fleabag? Can I just start with the second episode? No. I couldn't get through the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Because you were uncomfortable because of butt stuff? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> That's not true, though. She wants you to watch it. That's why she made it. It's great. I'll stick with Killing Eve. Oh, it's fucking driving me crazy. You're, you keep saying the word perfect, and I'm telling you right now. You have not seen Perfect until you see season two of Fleabag. Can I start with season two? No! It's a direct response to season one. Oh. But what if I started with season two and was like, oh my god, this is amazing, and then went back to season one? No, I, there's literally, it's like Arrested Development. If you just started out of the blue in the middle of season two, you wouldn't get half the jokes, right? Yeah, but that makes when you rewatch it even better. You're frustrating. Because of a one it's one scene. It's one scene. It doesn't recur. 
Can it's I not just, like yep. it's not like every episode has an anal sex minutes. scene. <laughs> now I just think you can't even handle the words, and that amuses me. This is your prudish thing. And you're not denying it. It is. I'm not even that I'm not even I don't consider myself prudish at all, but yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Is it because you're watching it in my house? Probably. Well, watch it in your house. Yeah. Who knows have... what you do in that place? It's fine. Yeah. I uh it's not even graphic. No, it it wasn't. I was just the the talking. I was like, oh God. There's this dude at work who talks graphic like that and i'm just like shut up man <laughs> like, i just don't need to hear all this um like i prefer more subtle things <laughs> so here's the deal here's my argument for um the first episode and why did you even get to the sex scene or just the talking about it uh i don't think i made it through the talking oh, okay um, so there is a visual callback, which is not necessary to enjoy season two and season two, about two thirds of the way in to the actual sex scene. And it made me gasp in season two because of what was being said and what was being done. And I, that therefore that is like, it is such a profound callback and it's, and, and, if you hadn't just recently watched it, it wouldn't even pay off the same way, but it paid off so strongly. It's like having that third rewatch on the first time you watch season two. So you should just watch it and get it over with and move forward. It'll be worth it. That's my argument for it. But you're an adult and you're an American. Do what the hell you want to do. That's what the rest of America does and just fucks up the world. So just fuck up the world and watch season two and then come back and watch season one. Am I right, so, Marie? Yeah. Hello. So, I mean, I've discovered a lot of things that I love by starting in the middle. So, well, fine. Start. Let's we'll start episode two of Fleabag then. That I said, can I just skip the first episode? Fine, I hate it, but fine. I mean, Why look, I love Preacher, and the only reason I ever discovered it is because I found a beat the hell up copy of Until the End of the World, which is third volume in a like $5 trade paperback bin at a comic book convention. And I was like, Oh, it's five bucks. And then I just read that. And I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. I have to start from the beginning. I am a little flummoxed by you, <laughs> but I just want you to see it, so however you need to do it, you should do it. But you need to do it now, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Look, I mean, we got the sequel, the the original trilogy before the uh, the prequels, so it's okay to start in the middle and then go. Don't back. you compare Fleabag to that situation? Why not? You know why not? <laughs> I did start watching Russian Doll. Does that make you feel better? Until it got canceled, which made me sad. But at least it's a complete thing. You won't feel like it needed to have any more seasons. Like the tick? Oh, <laughs> um, God. No. <laughs> Such a good ending with season two. But yeah, Russian Doll ends, and my hope was, oh, cool, do an anthology show. 
is what I had hoped for. So the fact that it got canceled is sad only because those people won't be working together. Um, but the, the season's great and it's a complete story in my opinion. So you'll be fine. So it does make me happy, but Fleabag is better. Okay. Katie cried for like 10 minutes at the end of the season two. Okay. I'll get to it. I have other stuff on my list. <laughs> like what? What's more important than what I recommend you? Where's your compassion? Um, I don't oh, know. This, There's this, plenty this. of other things. I want to check out this show called Sorry for Your Loss that I've never freaking heard of. Have you Sorry ever heard loss. of it? It sounds familiar, but no. Yeah, it's... um. Hold on, let me pull up the... I I didn't have notes ready. Sorry. Well, you, you don't have this is an off the cuff show. You don't have to. While you're doing that, I'm gonna read you some things. Okay. okay. This is from Joss Whedon on Twitter. Okay. Right. Okay. I finally watched Fleabag. It was fine, I guess, but I have an issue. Minor spoilers. At the end, how do I watch anything else or make anything else or live my life or breathe or feel or care or walk or fly? Did I fly? Am I here? Is it me? Do I live through this show? This is now what, how, but. See, there's a but in there. <laughs> B-U-T. Um, Joss, Whedon, Joss Whedon saying anything positive is not going to get me to watch the show. <laughs> Here's from Kumail Nanjiani. This is yet another thread about Fleabag. So if you haven't seen it or are sick of hearing about it, this is just for you, Logan. Sick of hearing about how great it is, check out. But you don't have to check out because I'm talking, so you really can't. Um, The ending broke my heart. Haven't felt like that in a long time. Felt like I was a teenager who really wanted a love I knew I'd never have. When I was 14, I look at girls I had crushes on and think, I'll never be with her. Never. It was such a deep feeling. I felt it again at the end of Fleabag. It's amazing how you can forget parts of yourself, and then great art can remind you that those pieces are still in there. I sat in silence for 10 minutes, hating and enjoying the feeling. Anyway, Fleabag, it's pretty good. End of thread. Okay, do you want to hear the cast of um, Sorry for Your Loss? Yes. All right. So, first of all, it's uh, uh, James Ponsalt has directed a number of episodes. Name sounds super familiar. Why am I not picking that up? Uh, Is it well, Vault in Our Stars? Uh, he's not spectacular now. Uh, a ton of great stuff, but uh, yeah, Spectacular Now, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, God, what's the name of that other freaking. The Circle. That was the other one. That, that I never saw it. Most people were like, don't go see that movie. Um, but I did mostly like Spectacular now. So here's the cast. Elizabeth Olsen. Kelly okay. Marie Tran. What? Jovan Adepo. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Uh, the, the guy from... Um, uh, he was in The Leftovers and... Uh, uh, God, what's the name of the freaking movie that I haven't seen? Uh, he's in that Overlord movie too. Um, oh, Fences. 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 Okay. The uh, movie Fences. Yeah. 
you have no idea who that is. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking now. Um, Ma- Mamadou Athey. I don't know how to say his name, but uh, he's in the Get Down. If you watched any of the Get Down, uh, Janet McTeer, uh, who's in like everything, but she's the narrator in Maleficent, and she's got like she's Jessica Jones' mom. Okay. So I think she's fantastic. So what's and it about? There's a bunch of uh, other like character actors. Uh, the sudden death of her husband upends and transforms every relationship in uh, Lee Shaw's life. It also forces her to realize that there was a lot about her husband she didn't know. Hmm. It's a half-hour drama. On what network? I have no freaking idea. I found it because I was watching the live in front of a studio audience thing that uh, Jimmy Kimmel did where they recast yeah, yeah. The, the I was telling you about the all in the family and Jefferson's and that Jovan Adepo is uh, one of the actors in that playing okay. uh, uh, one of the, the kids Jefferson's kid. And uh, I was like, I know that guy from something. So I looked him up and it said, I found this show. Sorry for your loss. I was like, what the hell is this? That's Elizabeth Olsen. This is a TV series. So I started looking, I was like, Holy shit. This cast is amazing. How have I never heard of this? Yeah. So, um, Michael Murphy in The Leftovers. Do you know that name? Mm, yes. No, I did look him up. I do recognize yeah. him from The Leftovers. Okay. Um, I figured that's what you'd know him from. Yeah. Um, I saw Fences, but it just, like, I don't remember Fences in some huge way. Yeah. Uh, I just remember a lot of people talking about it when it came out, and I, was, I just never got around to watching it. So. He's in Mother, too, but I never got around to watching that either. Mm, uh, was it good? I love Mother. It's such a weird, <laughs> twisted, dark movie, and I love it. That's all I heard was that it was weird. So, um, so yeah. That was one of those things. Let me just, sorry, brief tangents what I do in this podcast. The two dude bros who sat in front of me and Mother, and the opening of it, um, uh, what's her name? J-Law is walking around in, like, a see-through like pajama thing and they're like ooh yeah ooh lecherous bleh. and then at the end of it they're like what the fuck just happened to us like literally they were so wrecked at the end of the movie and it just I loved it so much so yeah that's my mother experience and I think probably the greatest explanation for how that movie messes with you I, I mean there's one I wanted to watch but I think that was when I started my I'm not watching movies anymore face you heathen. So it looks like it's still uh, on. Like it hasn't been canceled or anything. Yeah, there, there's a season two coming. And uh, let's see. Holy shit. This is a Facebook television show. Is it really? Yes. Huh. Now I feel like I did hear about a Kelly Marie Tran Facebook TV show. Huh. So is that where you're going to, is that where we watch it? Um, I mean, I don't really want to watch TV through Facebook, so I'll probably resort to something else. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Facebook gets enough of my time. Um, I don't want to give them more, but, uh, but yeah, like that's how I found out about this show. And I was like, I have to watch this as soon as possible. <laughs> Cause that cast sounds amazing. So it's next on my list after Russian Doll. Oh, 
news 16 minutes ago on Slash Film. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic movie in the works, officially. Yeah, the right. I saw, yeah, I saw that. Okay. Well, not news. This is what I was hoping to say. <laughs> what? I, I was just saying, yeah, I did see that. that. I mean, that's awesome. I didn't read the article, though. What does it say? Um, it says that it sounds like it's not the Weiss and Benioff movie. Somebody else? Yeah, so they're the writer of Battle Angel Alita, which is, doesn't sound good, but I didn't see the movie, um, but also of Shutter Island is the person writing it, but that's all that seems to be confirmed, Except, and it also does not look to be the Weiss and Benioff, but, so this sounds like a mixture of fact and rumor, so who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, Sorry. I'm down. Sorry, I popped up Facebook to look for this show and then got distracted by the gigantic lightsaber pictures. Yeah, so I, I also have no idea how to find Facebook Watch. So, yeah, I'm just like I'm. I'm now right now searching in Facebook. Sorry for your loss. There's a TV show, and then oh, it's just right there. It's listed. I can press play on episode one right now. But then I'd be watching it on my phone, which sounds depressing as shit, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't want to watch this on my phone so i don't want to put facebook on my tv like that freaks me out yeah can't buy the dvd (laughs) (laughs) is it for sale on amazon yeah it will go from one corporate overlord to the other maybe i'll go to disney use their wi-fi and order it through the link on facebook from amazon and basically pay the three people that run the world right I mean, the top 1% of the top 1%, man. It's all there. No, it's not on Amazon. So that makes me maybe feel better. I don't know. But probably me searching it while Facebook was open, another tab lets them know that they need to get it. (laughs) Yeah. They'll get it just for you. (laughs) Spencer will buy it. So No, it'll be people like Spencer because what these algorithms have taught me is none of us are unique. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do kind of want to watch Chernobyl. Um, but oh, I've, I've heard I, some stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's just going to put me in a like, well, the world should just end kind of thing. So, And also, you told me about, I think it was you. Did you tell me about that show, Slings and Arrows? Yes, that's, yeah. that's what you, after that's Fleabag, that's what you should do. Um, and also a show called Deep State that I recently stumbled on that's on... It's a UK show, I guess. Um, It's uh, like a spy kind of thriller. And it sounded interesting, so I added it to my list. Have you been watching season two of Killing Eve? Yes. Are you enjoying it? Yes. Yeah, we are too. It's so good. It it like presses all of the buttons that that just get me like hyped for a show. So, yeah, I love it. No, no, yeah, it's definitely my favorite show on television. And that includes when Game of Thrones is on. So, like, just, and I get, I'm not talking about the quality of the ending of Game of Thrones, but in terms of a show I talk about a lot, I'm just saying, like, Killing Eve is my favorite show on television. Uh, that's, I told, that's hard for me. I told Katie that if the show ends well, ultimately, I want the G that it looked like glasses. I want yeah. that. I want that tattoo. 
somewhere, just not huge or anything, just like a small G with glasses. Um, And so um, like, that's how much I'm like in the bag for the show. I just love it. I could rewatch it all the time. We're going to do a killing Eve podcast, by the way, me and Katie are really, have we talked about this at all? No. So I've been, you know, silently working on a new website um, for a while now and been kind of getting things together and we're going to take the, the logo. Well, it's not a logo. The print that Katie got is actually a square design by on purpose because she wanted to do a square metallic print for me. Um, but what that means is we have a perfect podcast logo. So we're going to create Sorry Baby, a Killing Eve rewatch podcast. Oh, my Boom. God. That's awesome. Boom, we've got a logo, um, and she and I are going to do episode by episode, and then in the off-season, go bi-weekly and sort of drop in about news about uh, Sandra O oh and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and, um, oh my god, how did I just forget her name? Um, who is who is uh, Villanelle? What's her name? I forget Villanelle. I want to call her Jodie Comer, but that's not it. Um, yeah, it is Jodie Comer. Haha. <laughs> I just called the new doctor Jody Comer to somebody like in a whole conversation earlier today, but I was talking about Villanelle on accident. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm bad with names. We've established this <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do a whole thing. Pretty pumped for it. Kate, it's Katie's idea too. Not the sorry baby part, but the idea of us doing the podcast was her idea. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I thought you'd like that. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, we're like, that's like, we really love the show. Like really, really love the show. I I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know if it's my favorite show. Cloak and Dagger is so good right now. And despite the constant, like stupid juvenile swearing of Doom Patrol, every episode just leaves me going like, oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that. And I mean, I would think that Mr. Robot would be your favorite show. Well, I meant on the air right now. On the air. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. When it comes back, well, when Legion starts up in about eight weeks, that will be oh. my favorite show on the air. Are we that close? Yes. And wow. Preacher is about three or four weeks behind Legion. Um, and then. So at some point, Ryan and I will probably be podcasting about three shows at the exact same time. Is that exciting or stressful? Stressful. <laughs> very, very stressful. All we can hope is that somehow Mr. Robot, like Sam Esmo, perfectionist, takes his time, does not even premiere until like mid-December <laughs> and winds up running into 2020. So... Have you heard this whole like um, Christmas special analogy he's used? Yes, it's fantastic. So, in my understanding, from what I've read, is that it's what he's saying is it's like only going to be over the course of a couple of days or something. Yeah, that's it's. I don't. I can't even comprehend it. If but anybody just, can do it, he can. Think about how stressful it's going to be. Is what I really mean. Oh yeah. What if it's all like. I feel like we're giving up on this idea anyway, so just bear with me. But what if it is like a time travel thing and it's over a matter of a couple of days, but it's because they're jumping between multiple days over and over again? Oh, my God. How crazy would that be? That would be fantastic. I still want them to go weird as shit with it in that way, but I don't know if they will. Me too. I, I really, really want that. It's sort of this is this is my fear. 
okay, is that this is um, like True Detective, but over multiple season one, um, but over multiple years where you just know it's something cosmic and crazy, and then you get there and it's not really, <laughs> and you're kind of like okay with the ending but at the same time you're ready for like the demon god Cthulhu or whatever to come through the thing and like touch Matthew McConaughey and like it doesn't happen and I feel like that's kind of where I'm at with the time travel and this is except it's years of build up and I just want it so badly and that's not fair to the show it's not fair to the show is what I'm more trying to say I'm putting my expectation I'm saying what they are but I realize it's not fair to the show and therefore I might be let down by my own obsessions i think that's why so many people when season two aired were so like well i'm done with this show because they like threw all these expectations into like what the show was going to be and it just wound up not being their season two at least wound up not being that season two is a second act of a four act play and the second act is a lot of like setting things up that you don't even realize, you know? Yeah. So, um, huh. yeah, we just started rewatching season three mm-hmm. and Bobby Cannavale is maybe it's... one of the most underrated actors working today. And versatile because I so I most recently saw him in the Ant Man movies because we just watched those like a month or two ago, I guess. Gosh, Endgame was like a month ago, so I guess two months ago. Um, and I remember thinking as I was watching it because Katie, um, Katie's kind of come in and out of Mister Robot, but she essentially watched all of the last season with me because she just loved looking at the cinematography from a photography standpoint. Like she just couldn't get over visually what he was doing on that show. And so she didn't really know a whole lot about the plot, but she would just like look at the show. Um, and every now and then she'd make me pause it. We'd just talk about the shots. So it was kind of fun. Um, but I said to her, can you believe this is the guy from Mr. Robot knowing sort of full well, she was going to go, Oh my God. And she did like, it did not disappoint. She's like, Oh my God, I cannot be-. like, cause it's mind blowing how different they are, but how perfect he is in both the most wonderful stepdad of all time. And, uh, this creepy criminal guy. Oh, and so you, good. you didn't watch the Amazon show, right? I did not watch homecoming. homecoming? No, did not yet. Yeah. I, that that's another one where it's like this this is that guy like he's so much more evil than he is in even Mr. Robot and I, I don't know that he's evil in Mr. Robot he's kind of just like we compared him to Bill Paxton in True Lies mm-hmm. it's like he's this used car salesman who got wrapped up in something that was a little over his head and you know didn't really know how to get out of it and kind of was just like, okay, well, we'll just keep doing this. But they decided to be good at what he's going to have to do. Right. Yes, so, absolutely. But in homecoming, he is, uh, I mean, from the get go, you know, like this dude is a master manipulator and uh, he does it through the whole show. Like you go from being like, eh, he's all right to like, Oh my God, I want him to die. <laughs> Um, it's good if you ever get around to watching it. 
Yeah, I've been meaning to. It's just one of those things because I still watch movies, so I don't have time for other good TV. That is the curse. Picking one or the other makes it easier. I pick TV. Although I feel like I'd be far more productive if I'd have just stuck with watching movies. Yeah, no, I just completed a list of all the things I'm going to try. Not all the things I'm going to try to watch, but any movie that I will watch when I have a, like, a not... Like, I don't have an impulse to watch something in particular just to keep working on my stats because I'm obsessed. <laughs> Who is the reigning champ right now? Of acting, it's still Sam Jackson he's going to be. But um, I've, let's, what's more important is I have bumped Woody Allen two spots down. Um, and I'm going to watch one of three different Ron Howard movies over the next week. So I can, because I've seen uh, 17 Ron Howard movies. So he's tied with Woody Allen. So I'm going to watch one more, and he'll be on top of Woody Allen because um, he's on the he's tied, but they've ranked him lower than Woody Allen. But I've moved him two spots down, and I've moved Johnny Depp a total of like nine spots down. So he only has four more to go, four more actors to I've seen more movies of his to get him knocked out of my top twenty-five. So I'm watching. I've got to watch one more Natalie Portman, um, one more Tilda Swinton. Three more John C. Rileys, and then three more. I think I think I'm gonna do Robin Williams just to get Johnny Depp knocked off, and Robin Williams got enough out there that I haven't seen. So, which is weird. I wouldn't think that was true, but he's got a lot of movies that are like famous. Moscow on the Hudson. Never seen it. Watch Moscow on the Hudson. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah. he did with Kurt Russell too. Well, they there's, like high school together. There's a couple of like, like more famous ones too that I haven't seen. Um, that now I can't think of the names of. Um, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So those guys get them, get him off that list. Um, and then I've been watching the films of Agnes Varda, Agnes Varda, um, because she's very close to at least getting ranked in my actor or my director's list, and she's got enough directed films to. Um, get her above Woody Allen as well. And then she would be my only female director um, because I've seen, it's funny, I've seen the complete filmography of several female directors and they've only made like six movies. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's not helping. And it's like her like list of films is not that long. You can do it in two weeks. <laughs> so early in this challenge, my goal was just to get female directors ranked. And then over the years, I just happened to have seen more movies by like other people. And now I can't see enough of hers to get her ranked. I think I'm missing like two of her movies. Um, uh, and so I, if, even if I see those, she still won't have enough to be ranked at this point because like my lowest number is 13 and I think she's like 10 or 11. And so it's like, well, she, like I'm still going to see the movies, but it sucks because she's a fantastic filmmaker and better than so many male filmmakers i've seen more movies of and that's disappointing but it's also you know i don't know part of the system shorts count right uh yes yes she's directed a lot of shorts yeah i've seen a couple of her commercials and stuff actually some commercials have counted (laughs) as as her films um so i'm working on it but um now having to get woody allen out becoming my goal is she'll be blown out of the water because of the 17 threshold I'm curious of what you haven't seen of hers. Near Dark. 
um, which has been notoriously hard to find until recently. I finally have a copy of it. Um, and um, K-19, The Widowmaker. Oh, okay. I was going to say The Loveless. Have you seen that? You and I talked about it, I thought, on a podcast. That's right. I forgot about that. Homeschool Film School. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I have seen that. I've seen so, but yeah, so near dark because I could not find it except for crazy expensive, like off market DVDs and Blu rays. I hate myself for getting rid of it. Um, Well, I guarantee you there's a new restoration coming out that'll be cheap. So, there you go. Um, And then K 19 is one of those. K 19 is like incredibly long and no one seems to like it. (laughs) And so I've just never been excited enough to watch it, but at some point I will. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Uh, I didn't think it was... Uh, I think Blue Steel, which she made after Near Dark, is highly underrated and has a fantastic performance by Jamie Lee Curtis. I have not seen that, too. That's the third. I didn't realize there was a third. That's the third. I have not seen it either. It's on Amazon Prime, or it has been for a long time. It's a very, like, 80s action thriller kind of thing, but it's still pretty good. So, yeah. So, so the ranking stuff, though, it's all like um, I'm most seen actors, still Sam Jackson, Juliette Binoche is now back in my top five. Kate Blanchett's about to be in my top five actors watched of all time. So I'll have two women, Sam Jackson, so a person of color. And then it's um, uh, Bruce Willis and um, <laughs> Bill Murray, those two, in the top, rounding out the top five. Oh, Bill Murray's fine, but Bruce Willis turned into such a d bag. <laughs> I've seen so many of his movies, though. That's the that's the power of Die Hard and a adolescent boy, is that I have seen so many of his movies. Have you ever uh, seen Blind Date? Blind Date with Kim Basinger. It was I no. think his first film. It was definitely was... his first starring. <laughs> no, then definitely not. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to. I'm, I'm trying to not see any more of his unless I really want to or need to. And I'm just like not a, I'm not a, like excited about Bruce Willis anymore. I wouldn't be either. He's he's a piece of shit. <laughs> so let me look and see. Because I'm just so amazed. I'm still amazed by this fact of how many of his movies I've seen. So I've seen 48 of his films, of Bruce Willis's films. Oh, no, actually, I apologize. Um, so Benoche and Blanchett are going to dethrone Murray. Um, so it'll be De Niro, Willis and Jackson. Um, and then, but I think that Murray will, I mean, Murray will inevitably come back up because I see ultimately see everything new that he does. So he will, he'll rise up, but De Niro doesn't make enough new movies that I will see. Um, cause I don't, I'm not, I don't see his comedies anymore or anything like that. Um, so De Niro will eventually fall out of the top five um, for sure, like without any thought. So here are let's let's talk about some Bruce Willis movies I've seen. I'm going down in order of. Uh, wow, he's in the verdict. Yeah. So the Die Hard movies, the Look Who's Talking movies, the player. Well, I was a kid. Come on. Um, the so freaking good. It is. It sounded like you were like talking to a little baby. You're so freaking cute. That's what it sounded like. I love um, that movie so much, man. I haven't seen it in years, but I really liked it too. Um, Pulp Fiction, obviously. Uh, Nobody's Fool, the Paul Newman movie, which Mr. Pat made me watch years ago. Um, and he was right because he loves that movie. Um, have you ever seen that one? Nope. 
I'm pretty sure that's got a tiny role for Philip Seymour Hoffman as a little deputy. I'm pretty, but yep, as Officer Raymer. Anyway, that's a very, very good little movie. Um, let's see, 12 Monkeys, Fifth Element, The Jackal. Saw The Jackal. I saw The Siege. I'm trying, I'm naming some of his shitty things that I watched anyway. Um, I saw The Story of Us. Um, so. I actually think the story of us is not a bad movie. No, I'm just saying like I watched these movies on the power of Die Hard. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch anything he does because I love John McClane. And then I picked the story of us. That doesn't make sense. Rob, uh, Rob Reiner took some heat for that, but I actually think it's not that bad. I don't have any negative feelings towards it. I watched Hearts War, which at the time I really loved. <laughs> um, Hostage, which is a terrible movie. Oh. Um, the whole 10 yards, I've seen the whole nine yards, but I think that's actually pretty funny. But the whole 10 yards I saw, um, let's see, Over the Hedge, I definitely saw for Bruce Willis doing a voice role. I forgot. Uh, in that. Let's see, um, Assassination of a High School President. Um, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I've, I've, that came out, I believe, when I worked at Blockbuster, so I got it for free. Surrogates, which is sort of, Kind of like every movie he's made for the last eight years. That's based on a graphic novel. That's true. Um, oh, God. A Good Day to Die Hard's a real movie. I thought it wasn't, but it is. Um, and then Rock the Casbah, which, uh, Casbah, which is also a Bill Murray movie. Yep. So, yeah. So, there's been, some, there's been some duds in there, but he's actually made a lot of good movies. He has. And he's not made some bad ones in the last, like, ten years or so, but... He just makes so much crap because nobody wants to work with him. Did you hear that after all the hubbub about him like filming a movie, a Bruce Willis movie in Columbus, Bruce Willis isn't even coming to Columbus? Oh, uh, shocking! Yeah, so so they they've been all the articles have been they're filming a Bruce Willis movie in Columbus. So my mom is like, um, I'm trying to say it nicely. But she's a celebrity obsessed in a that kind of special way, and so she's been like all over this stuff, and she's got like the filming locations, and one of them's actually across the street from her work, and then she, so she's texting me this, and she goes, "But you know what the shitter is? He's not even coming. It's been a play on words. They are filming the movie, but not any of his scenes. So he's not coming." Yeah, that's Columbus for you. Do you know what? De Niro movie I saw recently that I really liked a lot. The is, one where they're in the the mafia family and they're in hiding or whatever. Are you just making a Luke Besson joke? No. Okay, that's a Luke Besson movie. So I thought you were just making fun of me for liking Luke Besson. Yeah. Luke Besson directed that? The family, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm looking it up now to confirm. I've never seen it. Um... Holy shit, there's a Luke Besson movie besides The Professional I don't hate. <laughs> I'm double checking. Um, for some reason, my phone's taking forever. Yeah, directed by Luke Besson. I totally. did not know that. I, I thought it was fun. I've, I've never seen it, but I've, been, I've sort of been working on low-key the Michelle Pfeiffer stats. And so, because I've seen a lot of her movies, but not enough to have her ranked. But if I kind of... I'm slow and steady. I'll get her in the list too. But it turns out like all the people I'm getting list are like mostly beautiful blonde people, women. So I'm trying to be a little better. So I slow down the Michelle Pfeiffer watching. I'd say you have a type, except 
you're not married to a blonde woman. <laughs> well, Juliette Binoche is like my number one. So yeah. I think that makes more sense. Um, and, and Kira Knightley is number two or three. Well, Nat- Natalie Portman's Natalie getting ranked Portman. before Kira because she makes more and better movies. Um, but Kira Knightley will be ranked this year too. So whatever. So we had friends over this week. Um, not friends, like coworkers over. I'm trying to know why I try to softball this for the podcast. Like my coworkers are going to listen. Um, and um, Katie decided to launch randomly into a diatribe about how much she does not like Kira Knightley and the fact that I like her. <laughs> I bet that was fun. I was just, oh, the, because it was female coworkers, so they loved it. Um, and they based, so she's done the whole like a dangerous method horse draw face to you before, right? The Kira yeah. Knightley thing? Yeah. So she did that whole thing. And I was like, really? And then she goes, and where are her boobs? And then one girl goes, she doesn't have any. She's like concave. Spencer, what's your problem? <laughs> I'm like, I work with these people. This has to be the conversation we're having right now. I didn't say anything to warrant this kind of treatment whatsoever. I had not complimented any females at all. I had not done anything and just came literally. It's like Katie was sitting there sipping on a glass of wine and went, oh, light bulb. You know who I can't stand? That bitch, Kira Knightley. <laughs> and Spencer just loves her. So, yeah, that was a whole thing. What what, what was the Robert De Niro film? I cut oh, you off. Um, the Intern. The the Nancy Myers movie with Anne Hathaway. I, I never watched it. Was it good? It's it's very sweet. Um, it's very earnest, which I've talked about this before. And like it's it's not sweet in like a Hallmark movie way. I think it's very earnest, and I really really liked it. Um, I don't think it's like the best movie ever made, but I think it's really sweet, and I think he is doing some good stuff in it. I think he's really good in it. And I was very surprised by what he's doing. Cause like, if you look at the poster, it looks so cheesy. He does, but instead he's like being like, he's I've met this kind of guy in my job. I train people in corporate America. And so I met these kind of guys, men and women who they lose their spouse. They don't want to just sit at home. They come basically out of retirement for an entry level job to kind of pay the bills and kind of just do something. And he like, nails it i don't know how being so rich and famous for so long he can find that in him especially doing some of the like sleeping roles that he's been doing for so so many years and he's just great he's just a great little role i really like the intern he is still a fantastic actor when he wants to be but much like al pacino at some point he just got by on being robert de niro yeah that it just it stopped being fun watching him and almost everything that came out because it, it just, it, it wasn't fun. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm like looking at the, the, the 45 movies I've seen of his and I'm seeing like one, two, three, four, five, five movies out of these six. Yeah. I think six in total that I think are actually bad out of 45 that's incredible. Mm. And that's just what I've seen. And when he, he does like the supporting thing, he's usually pretty fantastic. Like, I, I like Silver Linings Playbook. It's fine. But I think it's a great movie because De Niro is so much fun to watch in that movie. 
Oh, no, no. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that Cooper's got this weird energy, but, um, but yeah, I think that, um, he's doing something weird. And I just remember like his voice and his faces in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, Stardust, he shows up in Stardust and it's so great, but it's also such a callback to him, uh, showing up in Brazil, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, I just I love stuff like that. He's so fantastic. So when uh, we were in uh, New York, we were driving through Tribeca and, you know, all the posters were still up for the Tribeca Film Festival. And I was just like, maybe I'll see Robert De Niro. <laughs> it didn't happen. Well, you should have eaten at his fancy restaurant. Uh, yeah, that wasn't happening either. <laughs> have we talked about New York? No, not at all. Tell me about the players. Do you have time? I don't know. It's only 830. I, I have absolutely nothing to do. I will get off here with you, lay in bed, and then think about work. <laughs> so. so so you saw – so we, we established you were going to New York. You went to New York. You survived and came back. And But you would text me about a show, and I said, I'm not going to look it up. And so tell me tell me about the show. What uh, Tell me all about it. It's called Far From Away. Okay. It's uh, like almost straight musical. Like even the like regular speaking parts, almost all of them are sung. There's you're speaking, but it's like in that sing songy kind of voice. Sure. Um, it's maybe twelve people in the whole play, and they play, God, half a dozen roles a piece, if not more than that. Uh, all the costume changes or well, almost all the costume changes happen on stage, like as you're watching them. So they're like dropping in and out of character, like as the scene is changing around them, like they'll start a song and the stage will start spinning. And so it changes whatever scene they're about to jump into. And in the middle of the song, they're just like changing into these new characters literally and figuratively and it's amazing even more amazing it's an absolutely true story and i really had no idea that it even happened so uh it's a post 9-11 story I, actually the people that wrote it call it this is say this is not a story about 9-11 this is a story about the day after um, so obviously if you remember like that happened, I don't, we won't talk about that, but airports shut down. There were no, you could not fly into this country. So mm -hmm. every plane that was inbound had to be rerouted somewhere. Well, uh, 38 flights wound up in this airport in Newfoundland. I think it was. It used to be the biggest uh, air, maybe not airport, but the biggest like runway or whatever in the world. Because before the big jet airliners, you had to have a fueling station. You couldn't get uh, to the other side of the world without stopping to fuel somewhere. And it was almost like a halfway point as they went, you know, up and over. So they would stop their fuel and then continue on their way. Well, Along comes these uh, jumbo jets that can just 
go for a day without ever stopping. And this place becomes useless. It's just a giant runway surrounded by dozens of small towns with populations of, you know, four and 5,000 people. Nobody even knows that it really exists anymore. Mm-hmm. And so these 38 planes are forced to land. And this is where they send them because this runway is massive and other airports are starting to fill up. Huh. So 38 planes there. These people were forced to be on the planes for over a day and and they're coming from overseas so they'd already been on the plane for almost a day so it was something like wound up being something like 60 something hours i think that these people were stuck on this plane these planes and eventually um they were allowed to get to deboard the plane these small towns have they're not built for this you know massive influx of people they don't have multiple hotels they don't have they just don't have the means to support all of these people so these towns just start taking in the people on the planes like no questions asked yeah and it only focuses on a certain subset of the people obviously you can't that's a lot of people to tell a story for Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just about how these uh, some of these people like randomly met, formed relationships that are continuing to this day, uh, romantic and friendship. Um, it, it's just it's a story about people being people, not people being bigoted assholes. And mm-hmm. it is extremely powerful. And there's a documentary. Oh, no way. Yeah, I still have not found it. I really haven't put a lot of effort into trying to find it. Okay. But, I mean, it it chronicles that on the 10-year anniversary, they invited all of these people back up there. Huh. And filmed a documentary about their stories and what had happened. And these guys who created the uh, the musical you know, based it off of what happened of the stories in the documentary. Um, it, it is absolutely incredible. It's one of the best live performances I've ever seen. And I know I haven't seen a ton of stuff, but uh, just the in and out of character, like in scene without it feeling forced or goofy or any of that stuff. It, it, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, we, we were standing in line waiting to get in. Um, this lady walked up to us and asked, was this the line to get in for uh, far from away? And she starts talking to us and she, she was, she's like, I've been dying to see it because this is my town. Oh, this, no way. Yes. Oh, that's cool. It was pretty incredible. Um, but I, I loved it. Like I would, I would have went back and seen it. Like immediately. It's like when I walked out of Avengers and I was just like, can we do that again? Um, The music is um, very kind of Irish folk inspired. And so like there is a band, but it's not an orchestra. It's a band playing music. So it has that, you know, 
you you know what I'm talking about. Yes. It is very like foot stomping, clapping, you know, kind of happy, even when percussive. It's... Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean, even the uh my buddy Sean that I went with, I, I was like I, I was not looking forward to it because he is not the guy you want you take to go see plays. Just not his thing. He's the guy you go to the Braves game with. Um, I was like, he's going to be so miserable. And when it was over, he was like, did you like it? I was like, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. He was like, if all plays were like this, I'd go see a lot more plays. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he freaking loved it. To the point that he was like, we're going to stand outside and wait for the cast to come out, right? I was like, you want to do that? He was like, yeah, I want to meet him. Did you guys do it? <laughs> yeah. Did you meet him? Yeah. That's cool. I don't have the well, guts to do that. I think five or six of them. And, I mean, he was, like, getting them to autograph his playbill and everything. Did you do that? Yeah, I mean, they had their pen out. So it would have been weird for me, like, no, nah, I don't need your autograph. <laughs> I don't re- I'm not an autograph person, really. So. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, it was fantastic. If you next time you go to New York to see a play, you should go see that play. Well, to go see a play, I don't go to New York to go see plays. I go to New York to get crow nuts. What are you talking about? I did not get a crow nut. No, I figured you didn't. So I looked everywhere we went, but I I didn't find one. I did go to Midtown Comics though. So did you? So did you go to the one at Times Square? Yes. So up the the narrow stairs. Yes. That what did you, it, so I've it been there. Been raining, yeah. and everything was wet, and I damn near killed myself. So. And you went on free comic day. Was it insane? Uh, there was a line outside, so I stood outside with no umbrella, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the rain, <laughs> waiting to get in on free comic book day. Um, it was fine. They they did it, uh, pretty well. They didn't have the comics in the store which sucked because it was raining, but they had them wrapped up and bagged so that there was, they were not going to get wet. They had them pre bundled and everybody that walked up, they would just hand you a bundle of free comics. So did you buy anything on top of that? Yeah, I bought some, I bought one, a Midtown exclusive variant of a like Deadpool comic, I think, mm-hmm. or Gwen. No Domino. It was an issue of Gail Simone's Domino series. Oh, rest um, in peace. Yeah, for real. Um, and a couple of other like variants that I just hadn't found anywhere else. Yeah, um, they have they keep like all that stuff. It's so good. There's a lot of stuff there, but it is not as massive as I would have thought it would be. I think what they get the reputation for is it is massive for a self-owned New York store. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but yeah locations was that um i don't know how many i know there's at least two on manhattan but i feel like there's one in brooklyn as well across the bridge um and so but i don't know if they have multiple because brooklyn's so big so i don't know i don't know um i've only ever been to the Times square location i've been there twice um and the thing i will say is that it's the walls and the cases that are worth it for me just to like look at all of the random variant stuff and then all of the expensive toys yeah um i mean the, there were so many statues that i was just blown away um i'm a back issue bin 
diving kind of guy, so they don't have a ton there. Like, I understand yeah. they probably have, like, I know you can go online and buy all kinds of stuff, but they don't have a ton of stuff for you to dig through. Um, and uh, they he even asked me, he's like, are you looking for anything? I'm sure we have it. If you let me know, I can, you know, get it for you and, you know, let you know when we have it. Or I was like, no, nah, I'm just here visiting. You know, I've it's Midtown Comics, fairly famous. So I had to go. Yeah. That's fair. What else did you do? Did you eat anything that you enjoyed that you thought like you couldn't get anywhere else kind of thing? Um, we, we went to, uh, little Italy, um, ate at a family style Italian restaurant. You know, they just bring all the food out and just, you know, you know, dish it out to yourself. It was fantastic. It was the, probably the best garlic bread I've ever had in my life. Okay. Um, Very nice. Uh, went through Chinatown and that was just awkward. <laughs> why so? Why so? Every five feet. I don't even know if it's five feet. If you stop on a street corner waiting for the light to turn, there's like 12 people that walk up to you trying to sell you something. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was just like, no, no, no. Like, do I look like somebody who wants to buy a Gucci bag or a Rolex or whatever fake stuff you're trying to sell me? But they're lady like, back home. Yeah. No. no. I was just like, I look, I'm trying to get to the Mr. Robot stoop. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and you made it, right? I did, it. I did make it. Talk talk to me about it. What happened? How'd you get there? What who it's who a took lot your picture? Smaller than you think it is. <laughs> That's about what I thought it would be, actually. It sort of fit for me. But um, what, what? So do you, originally, you're talking about getting your Uber driver to do it. So it doesn't sound like that happened. No, we were um, when we were walking around Chinatown. We were a mile from it, and I uh, was with my friends, and they were like, "Well, is there anything you want to do?" They wanted to shop, and I was like, "Well, the one thing I want to see is a mile away, so it's about a 20 minute walk." And they were like, mm-hmm. "Well, let's go do that." And I was like, you're going to be upset because we're going to walk over there. You're going to take my picture and then we're going to leave. And he was like, that's what you want to do, right? I was like, it's the only thing I wanted to do that isn't like on the schedule. Everything else I'm fine with just being like, whatever, whatever we're doing, that's fine with me. It's like, this is the only thing I want to do. I was like, well, then let's go do it. It's like 45 minutes of our time. And, uh. So we walked over there. Uh, it was a hell of a walk. And that was the only like three or four hour span seeing the nine 11 Memorial, then going to Chinatown and little Italy was the only span of time where it was not overcast and at least drizzling. And it was hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we got over there. I saw the stoop. It was I thought it was locked. I was like, oh, man, the gate's locked. And my friend, Sean's wife, Ann, she was like, have you tried opening it? I was like, "It's. I don't want to get shot. She was like, just walk over there and open it. I was like, no, it looks like there's a lock on it. And she just walked over there and flipped the gate open and like, see, it's open. It's <laughs> like, oh, my God, you're going to get us killed. <laughs> uh, the Chinese restaurant is sadly closed down. Uh, which I actually knew about beforehand. Um, is but it the really? Sign's still, yeah, the sign's still up, but the restaurant is closed down. Oh. Um, I now I don't know if it was closed when I was there. I assume it wasn't, because I feel like I would have noticed. 
I, but I, when I was looking up the location, uh, it had said, you know, next to this Chinese restaurant and in parentheses is like now closed. I was like, Oh, well that sucks for those people. But, uh, but yeah, I walked over there, got my picture taken and they were like, that's it. I was like, that's it. He was like, okay. If it means something to you, man, I was like, it means everything to me. So that's so cool. Yeah. Good for you, man. You made your journey to Mecca. Yeah. Pilgrimage, uh, not journey. Now, uh, now we have to do the full Mr. Robot tour after this, this series is over. Yeah, I'm down. Because now you're going to go back to New York because you got the bug. I, I could go back tomorrow. Like every, Everybody at work told me like how like you're going to hate it because there's people everywhere and you don't like being in like crowds and people touching you. And I was like, yeah, but they're all going somewhere. Right. Like, it's not just people walking up to you and like putting hands on you. Like if they run you over, it's cause you're in their way. That's different, you know? And I mean, it sounds weird, but I, I feel like I understood like why so many celebrities want to be in New York because you can just get lost. Well, like every few minutes in certain places, you can be like, does that so-and-so? And there's no way for you to verify. Yeah. Because they're just, it's too fast. It's like that whole joke on um, The Office where he's convinced he saw Conan or, or Tina Fey and then the other one walks yeah. past him. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's exactly what it's like all the time. Uh, when So when we got there, everybody talked about getting, I've got to eat some pizza. We got to eat some pizza. And of course, nobody I'm with watches the office and I could not stop thinking about Michael. Like it's my, my favorite pizza place in the world is in New York city. And he walks into the Sbarro and I'm just like, Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, it's one of my favorite jokes. We actually, every Sbarro that we saw when we went, we were like, you want to get some pizza, some authentic New York pizza. Because they are all, they're all over the place there. It's kind of funny. Oh, we were right next to a pizza place and I never went and got a slice. I did get a piece of pizza at the, uh, I don't want to call it a restaurant because it's more like a cafeteria at the uh, Liberty Island by the Statue mm-hmm. of Liberty. But that cafeteria is freaking amazing. Really? And that pizza was really good. I wondered if the pizza, if you'd even care about that since pizza's been life for so long. I really didn't. A lot of people were like, man, I wish we'd have got some pizza. I only got the pizza at the cafeteria because I was like, you can't, like, even bad pizza is still pizza. So, like, you can't screw that up, you know? It's either pizza or chicken fingers. I was like, well, I'll get pizza. And it was still pretty damn good pizza. Do you like bagels? Did you do a bagel while you were there? Did not. That's one of those things. Next time you go, bagel for sure. Because those are so easy and cheap and just, they're so good. <laughs> I was going to go into like a, I was looking for a place, because uh, I went to Midtown by myself. I got up early. Everybody was sleeping in. And I was less than a mile away from Midtown at the, the hotel. Um, and there was a, I was like, surely there's a breakfast place on the way. And I looked on like my uh, Waze app for places and didn't see anything 
but I found a Starbucks. So I was like, well, I guess I'm getting Starbucks in New York. <laughs> um, so I ate Starbucks. Well, that's classy. We know we had Starbucks when we were came back through with the day we went through with Ezra for like a few hours. Yeah. We had Starbucks then. So, cause it's just easy and they're everywhere. I, uh, I do think that LaGuardia is the, I've only been in two airports, but clearly the worst airport in the world. <laughs> we flew in through, um, the one that's in New Jersey. Yeah. Newark. Newark, yeah, sorry, I've got, totally lost it. So there's JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark. So we came in because those direct flights to quote-unquote New York City from Chattanooga are actually to Newark. I think they just opened up some LaGuardia flights, but it's typically to Newark. So that's where we flew in when we went. Um, and it was fine. It was whatever. And we flew in so early in the morning that it wasn't bad because it was like we arrived at like 7 or 6.30 oh, or something like that. Arriving wasn't terrible. The bus driver was late, so we had to wait like an hour to get out of the airport. But we had to get there like five hours early. Not even the like recommended two to three hours early. But they were like, no, you're going to want to get there five to six hours early because your wait through through uh, TSA is going to be uh, hell. And it was. There were like five people working. So Katie just sent me a picture and I just need to tell you about it. It's a man with a white t-shirt on and in the stomach of it, it has like a big, what looks like, it's like a graphic on, it's a white t-shirt, but it's like a graphic. It looks like a gunshot straight into this guy's chest and there's blood everywhere. And the text on the shirt says, I'm fine. My wife has an oil for this. And that <laughs> uses me because of her essential oils. <laughs> Sorry, it just distracted me because it was very accurate to my life. <laughs> uh, I got into using those for a little while and then I got lazy and stopped. No, there, there are certain things. Peppermint for a headache, like it's like a godsend. It is like, oh my God, thank you. Because my headaches, I don't get them often, but when I do, they're very bad. So good. I think that, oh, uh, Excuse me, got caught up in a yawn there because um, I'm bored talking about oils already. <laughs> um, but a couple of them I think are really good. And some of them I'm like, you're supposed to do what for my energy and happiness? Eh, probably not. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, so you saw the one show. You didn't see more than one show. I thought you guys had no, like multiple uh, shows. We did. We saw a second one that... Um, God, now I can't even remember the freaking name of. Um, son of a bitch. Uh, it's a sure Cole, you guys. Yeah, it was a Cole Porter musical, and now I'm drawing a blank. It actually featured um, some fairly famous people. Uh, did you watch Mad About You? Yeah, but it's been forever. The guy that played Ira on Mad About You? Okay. Is, he was in it. The guy that played the boss on Frasier, his like, like cowardly manager, the, chub, the chubby yeah. one. Yes, he was I in love it. That guy. He's he was Pat on Heavyweights. Yeah, he and they were fantastic. They were the only good uh, part of the show. Everything else was just not great. And Kiss Me, Kate. Kiss Me, Kate. Which is the taming of the shrew, basically. Mm -hmm. 
which kills me because stuff like that is usually right up my alley because it's about a theater troupe putting on a performance of Taming of the Shrew and then like all of the behind the scenes stuff is also Taming of the Shrew. Okay. But it was just long and boring and like it had won all these uh, Tonys like Best Revival and I I just I didn't enjoy it and I like Cole Porter but yeah. I, I did not enjoy it at all. Um, I didn't think it was like miserable, but it just wasn't fun. It was cool seeing famous people though. Like I know that guy in this thing. So. And so what's the site, the number one, like, wow moment of things you saw besides Mr. Robot Stu? Um, I don't know. That's tough. Everywhere we went, well, A, I had played so much of the Spider-Man game that I felt like everywhere we went, I was like, I've, I've swung through here. Like, I recognize these buildings. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's a very weird feeling. But also, so much of New York is in movies that I recognize stuff that, like, nobody else... Like even the tour guide, like we passed the the fountain from Ghostbusters that mm-hmm. Bill Murray's dancing in front of. Like he didn't say anything about it. And I was like, that that's the fountain from Ghostbusters. He was like, Oh yeah, that is. That is that's the fountain he's like dancing when he's talking to uh Sigourney Weaver. I was like, Yeah, yeah, like that's the fountain from Ghostbusters, man. <laughs> um you're gonna disappear one day and I'm gonna find you on a tour bus and that's what it's gonna be your thing. You've you've run away to New York to do that. I mean I was I'm like so obsessed with it now that there are like when things are starting to go like sideways or when I'm daydreaming at work, I sit there and think like I wonder what I could get paid to do this like in or around New York City. <laughs> You would have to live on the other end of Brooklyn, um, mm-hmm. but you don't mind a weird commute, um, and you wouldn't need a car. You just take the train, um, and you can listen to podcasts all the way there and back, so that's nice, and um, there you go. So, yeah. I just solved it for you, but I, I mean, free it, tours. It, it, it is something, not that I've seriously considered, because it's not like I've looked into it. But it is something I've thought about repeatedly over the last three weeks. Yeah, no, I'm so so. Um, we should go. Then. We should go. We're always looking for an excuse to go. I mean, I'm down. I have to save up some money though, because holy shit, it's expensive. It is expensive. Well, right. eating sh- can be very expensive. But eating can also be really, really good and not expensive. And so that can save you a lot of money. (laughs) I did get McDonald's there. In honor of our president. Um, To be fair, it was the Times Square McDonald's, which is... Pretty nice. And I don't want to say famous because it sounds stupid to be like, it's a famous McDonald's. But it's very nice. And holy shit, it's the fastest fast food service I've ever gotten. Well, like, cool. I paid and stepped to the side, and the lady was handing me my food. 
and it was hot. So it's not like it had been sitting there all day. However, my friends stupidly ordered breakfast when it was 11 o'clock and had to wait forever. And they were mad. And I was like, to be fair, you order breakfast. They don't have any biscuits. They're making lunch. So they have to stop and make your food. So it will be fresh, but you're going to have to wait on it. I ordered a four-piece McNugget and fries and was handed it almost immediately. <laughs> you already do New York better than most of the New Yorkers. Um, did, did you I, get like a hot dog or anything from like a, a stand anywhere? I was, I was worried because we were going to be away from the hotel for so long. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to get bad food. Oh, like, yeah. No, you don't have to worry about that. You don't so, have to worry about that. That's not a real thing. Okay. And the way you eat too, like no offense, but I know you're doing a lot better, but the way you historically have eaten. Oh like, man, I have an iron stomach. Yeah, there's no, there's, it's not a thing of like, oh, I don't want to get salmonella poisoning or something. Don't get like the squid crepes, you oh, know, food yeah. cart. But, um, but most of those places are such well-oiled machines or well-oiled carts. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. A lot uh, of them weren't out because of the weather. The weather. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. So we passed one or two. Um, like when we went to Central Park, there there were a couple. But for the most part, everywhere we went was so dreary and it was drizzling. And it's like, yeah, you'd see the carts, but there was nobody there. Like everything was shut down. The um, the When I went, so I've been... A few times, but the first time I went was a uh, okay. So fun story. the The first time I went to New York was the first time I'd seen my dad in like eight years, and he was inviting me to come up to meet my family. Um, he had told he came out of the closet as a runaway dad to his family, and I was gonna uh, come up and give him his his only second chance, meet my brothers, and meet my whole family. And it was the year I graduated high school. And I said, I will come up, but here's a caveat. I've just graduated high school. I've my whole life. I've wanted to go to New York city. You have to fly me into New York city and then we can drive to Boston where your family is. But I want overnight in New York. And he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Cause I mean, could he tell me no in that situation? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it was the night of, it was, it was a Wednesday, I guess. Um, but it was the night of the season one lost finale. And so um, I had three people recording it on VHS. <laughs> My uncle, Tommy, who you know, was mailing the copy of the VHS. I'm sure he remembers this to me just in case my mom failed to do it back in Columbus and any of my backup people in Columbus failed to do it so that when I returned from my trip, I could watch the, the VHS trailer. And, and the Internet was just enough of a thing that I had to hide from it to not ruin the season finale of Lost. Um, <laughs> Young Spencer did not know about torrents. No, uh, well, for music, not for shows, and so, um, and and plus the year probably. I don't think it was as big at the time, but um, for I was definitely doing it. Well, well, I didn't know you, even though we probably were ten feet from each other for most of those years. I would have been your drug dealer. It would have been amazing pizza <laughs> and and torrented shows. What do you want? Uh, Full seasons, right here. I burned up the DVD for you. Um, and then, um, so anyway, so I went to New York uh, and uh, we got there in the evening, had dinner and sort of like chatted some, sat down at the the hotel and was like, well, 
I'm going to go for a walk because I don't know what to do. And so at 9 p.m., I left the hotel room with my dad, who I'd only been with for a few hours for the first time in eight years. I'm also 18 years old and never been anywhere on my own like this before and just walked around New York City for like three hours at night. And it was the most fantastic experience of my life. It was so incredible. Um, I got lost a few times because no smartphones at this time. Um, and was able to like ask like nice New York people who were like, oh, yeah, it's just down there. And like point me in the direction of things I was looking for. Um, and then so then years later, uh, well, two years later, um, I went for a week with one of my friends and we stayed at a, a hostel, which was a whole other experience. Um, but on the first day, um, I tried a euro from a cart. Um, and every single day of the seven days I was there, at least one of my meals was a cart euro. <laughs> They were so good, and I had one of those every day. Oh yeah, I, I regret not doing it, but I, I like I just didn't want to chance it. So. The best thing about New York is that there's so many experiences that you will not do them all. So they, it's like it's always teasing you to come back. Yeah, that's just the fact of it, and it is what it is. And so you go back and you'll do it next time. So yeah, my goal is to like put together my own version of a tour like not just the mr robot thing which is something ryan and i have repeatedly talked about doing and hopefully is actually in our future but to stop and see the things that you know i know from film um that aren't necessarily the oh like oh look it's the 30 rock building or the empire state building like the really touristy stuff i mean there's nobody at that fountain Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's in fact, most of the crowds were always at the touristy things we were doing. Like, oh, yeah, when I was just walking through, uh, like going to Midtown or the, I took a couple of walks a few different times. Like, and unless I had to stop and wait to cross the street, um, there were there, like I was never crowded. You know, I was in Times Square. It was a little crowded in Chinatown, but that's just because there's 12 people walking up to you trying to sell you stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, Times Square because people are stopping to look and yeah. Chinatown because people are stopping you from moving fluidly. Right. And so, so it's so like it's just I know I agree that because like you said, because people are always going somewhere, it's so much it's not bad in my opinion. Yeah, it's not like standing on a crowded elevator for 20 minutes or something. So, which I actually had to do a couple of times that that made me wish to God I was in better shape because I would have just taken the stairs every time we went back to the hotel or whatever. I was like, no, I don't care if it's six flights. I'm not crowding 14 people in this little elevator for six floors. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. I can't wait to go back. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the thing that like really shocked me. You, like you said, the people are genuinely nice. Like, I don't think they're only ever assholes when you're slowing them down. It's oh yeah. Like, like any lines we had to wait on, if you were slowing down the line, then they got a little hostile or would, if you kept slowing it down, would get very hostile. Um, that they don't that there's no politeness in terms of um, letting you get away with messing things up because mm -hmm. that's what I think most southern politeness really is 
Um, and that doesn't really exist in that way. But otherwise, the things are functioning fine and they're pretty nice. Yeah. Um, birds in New York do not give a fuck about no. you. No. At all. <laughs> Did you see any rats? No. No rats. That's impressive. I've always had a good rat experience while I was there. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Um, I, I, I mean, I walked by plenty of sewers. Um, trying, we ate at a diner on Broadway that's like next to the theaters and is relative. I don't want to. Famous sounds so stupid. I know which one you're talking about. Well known, and they like yes. do singing and dancing there. Yep. Um, was it good? I've never been. I know what you're talking about. And people I mean, it is it. diner food. And it was like our meals were pre or that was part of the tour package. So oh, okay. we had a selection we could choose from. I would have loved to have ordered off the menu. Um, but uh, it was fun. Star Stardust or something like that. The Stardust Diner, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was pretty cool. It was very loud, but. I had fun, so I'm trying to. I don't. Oh, we um, Grand Central Station, which is beautiful, but also very crowded. Yeah, and that's also a timing thing. Early, we went when we went. It was like before nine on a Saturday, and so it was. It's crowded, but not as crowded. So there's yeah. ways to kind of work around certain places to enjoy them a little more because we kind of were able to just sort of easily kind of stroll around it and stuff yeah it was cool just to see it like it was not a thing that like yeah i would like to see the the ceiling at grand central station i know it has its meaning um uh, we went like down into grand central station and i was like oh my god we're in lex luther's lair because in superman that's where he's at um, nobody else knew what the hell I was talking about, but whatever. <laughs> well, I feel like you would appreciate my New York tour. <laughs> well, that's so I would. So this is one of Katie's things is like, she understands that that's the lens through which I see all of this stuff. And so I have to be very intentional to not just look at it that way. Um, and and to be open to like how she sees things and then like but at the same time so we're talking about this trip for her birthday to go out west to do some hiking um and to see the grand canyon specifically um and she's like well so she started because one of her friends told her about it so she immediately turned around it's like well maybe because we're talking about kind of driving towards colorado she goes well maybe we should stay at the stanley hotel which is the shining hotel and I was like, are, are you doing that just for me? Because you think the only way I can enjoy a trip if there's some sort of pop culture reference? And she was like... A hotel. What? Why would you stay there? Oh, I would totally stay there. Um, oh, so cool. But, but I went, well, first of all, yes, I'd totally do that. But second of all, no, that's not the only way that I can travel. So we're good. <laughs> Um, but it is funny because I look at it all the same way as you. I'm like, this is this, and that is that, and this is this, and that's where this happens, and this is where that happens. And you can and you believe that breakfast at Tiffany's is right over here, and blah blah blah, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, the Seinfeld Diner. I didn't get to see that. That would have been, but yeah, whatever. It's pretty removed from where you were. Like we didn't go. 
either. Um, I've actually never seen it, and um, but it's but it's pretty removed from like the yeah like the glut of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I think that over the next year I should just like start writing down places and just put together this tour for myself. And like, if other people want to go, that's fine. But like, here's what we're doing, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, that's um, I'm 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 in I'm in for the uh, pop culture super tour by Logan Paul through New York City, and definitely see a Broadway show. Um. I so badly wanted to just pony up the money and be like, I'll see y'all later and go see uh, the Harry Potter show. Oh, man. Yeah. I've heard it's a sight to see. Um, it, it There's so many theaters. Like, it's so incredible. It made me so happy. Um, we did backstage at the New Amsterdam, which is the one Disney owns. That's cool. Um, yeah, as much, as big of a piece of shit as, uh, John Lasseter is, um, <laughs> it was cool seeing his, because everybody, like if, if you're famous, eventually you go backstage and they have the walls back there, uh, and they just autograph them and like write stuff on them. Um, so there's so many, um, but he drew a picture of like, uh, Woody and Buzz and, uh, I forget what he wrote. I took a picture of it though. It's like as much as he's just not a good person, um, it's still pretty awesome to see. You know, like you're standing in the spot where this guy stood. Like Whoopi Goldberg's autograph was up there. You know. Yeah. Um, That's cool. It was pretty cool. I I can't wait to go back. The Statue of Liberty was fun. But the one thing I wanted to see wasn't open yet. It opened two weeks after we were there. Uh, that's that? the, the museum, the Statue of Liberty Museum that oh. houses the original torch that they had to replace because it kept leaning. Yeah. Uh, and like we got off the ferry and I didn't know that it was there, but I saw the sign. And then walking up, I could see the torch in the building. I was like, and plus it was raining. I was like, I'm going in there. And you walk up and it's all like roped off. It was like, you know, coming soon. I was like, damn it. <laughs> and then like two weeks later on the news, there's a special about what, about the opening of the museum. And I was like, two weeks late. <laughs> but whatever. It was still cool. So. Statue of Liberty is a lot smaller than you think it is. <laughs> so it's funny. I've only I've never taken the ferry out. I've only seen it from the is it Liberty Park, whatever the park is, the base of the, the island. Yeah. Um, I've only ever seen it from there. I've never actually gone out to it. And you can't really see the front of it unless you're coming into the harbor or like on the island and walk around and look at it. Because you're kind of only seeing like a three-quarter view or something mm -hmm. from the shore. And that's not the way it's always depicted in movies. <laughs> Did you tell so, anybody, and this is where she was at Splash? Um, no. Uh, I did think about Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> um, yeah. you know. The X-Men? Yes. Um, yeah. Which is probably mostly just the coverage shots anyway that they actually shot yeah. of it, but. The uh, the 
so in X-Men, one of the bigger fight scenes at the end there takes place in the gift shop of mm-hmm. Island. And that's not, I mean, it kind of looks like that. It is a lot smaller than you think it is, but there's two gift shops. There's one that's very large and the one that's tiny that's connected to the, uh, the uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, but none of them look anything like that gift shop. That looks like a gift shop at like the museum in Columbus <laughs> where it's just like so claustrophobic. Right. So, um, I was like, well, it's not the gift shop from X-Men. Like that is the Statue of Liberty, but this is not the gift shop. <laughs> oh, man. So um, that's cool, man. I'm glad you had, it sounds like you had a good time. I, I did. It was marred by the return trip, but <laughs> yes. And the weather seems to be kind of crappy, but I mean, at least you made it. I mean, it it's New York. It would be like going to Seattle and the weather being good. If I went to Seattle, I would expect it to just not be the best. Be hot thing. and sunny the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't bother me. There were so many people walking around with umbrellas and looking at me like I'm stupid. And I'm just there in my hoodie with my hood up, just standing in the rain. Like, it's all right. The city stinks, but that's all right. We need to get you a hoodie that's got like a leather hood or something that will like wick away the water at least. I had one, but Mm -hmm. I did like a rain hoodie, but I didn't bring it because like I didn't think it was going to like pour down i thought it would just be like drizzling rain i'm like eh, i'll be okay i figured it'd be hot too but except for when the sun was out it was pretty damn cold the whole time we were there <laughs> oh poor logan but at the same time you're in new york so not so poor logan yeah the the smell would be the one thing i would have to get used to it's the uh to quote Hamilton and probably a million other songs and comments, it's the greatest city in the world. Yeah. I can't believe that's my big, I think, claim to fame as I can't believe I saw Hamilton there. That's wild to me. I maybe something's wrong with me. I know everybody says it's fantastic. You say it's fantastic. Yeah. I have no I, desire to see it. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. We did pass by the church where Alexander Hamilton's buried. Yeah. So, did that yeah. on the earlier youth youth trip when I was a youth, not with the youth group. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a youth. Now I'm an old dad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty. So It's weird to see graveyards in the middle of the city. Yeah, I don't like to think about it. Like mm. just the logistics of what's going on underneath the ground is not, not wonderful. Yeah. Hell, it's weird to see parks and are like playgrounds, like school playgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like you're just walking and all of a sudden there's a big green field with a bunch of kids surrounded by like something that's not even remotely like green. Um, Central Park was pretty awesome. I would have loved to have spent a lot more time there. I seem to be the only person amazed at the amount of different uh plants trees Mm -hmm. shrubbery everybody else was like i don't get 
why that amazes you. I was like, have you ever gone for a nature walk in Columbus? Because everybody I was with was from Columbus, Georgia. And they're like, mm, whatever. I'm like, well, they have pine trees. That's all. That's all that's there. Some oak trees every once in a while. Like, yeah. You got two kinds of pine trees. That's what you got. Like, there's so many different kinds of trees. It's insane. It just means you're smart know. about how that stuff works. That's what they want you to be amazed by. So you're doing it right. Wow. It is amazing. It's incredible. It's and yeah. So when we went. When I went when I was for the week that I went when I was younger, I mean, I spent a lot of time walking around the park, just looking around. Um, and it's just it is amazing. It's beautiful and it's so well designed and taken care of. And it's just uh, it's it's yeah, it's, it's insanely incredible. All the stuff they have there and the way they've kept it up over the years and the way they manage it. And it's just, yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I'm with you. I agree. It's amazing. Yeah, I I also was very much like I beat up muggers in the Spider-Man game over there, and yeah. <laughs> like you see the like little buildings, um, or like the the boathouse mm-hmm. in in the middle of the park. Um, like I saw that, and I was like, I've been there. Whoops, I hit my mic. <laughs> I've been there, and like I swung over there as Spider-Man, and just like perched on top of the building. There's I know like that, what that building is. <laughs> there's that one street that sort of cuts straight through the middle of the park. Yeah. And so you swing around that, but when you see it, you're like, whoa, this is the, wow. And and it sort of proves, I mean, it, it's a really, I mean, close, uh, approximate, it's a, it's an amazing approximation of what New York City is really like in that game. It's, it's, there's little shortcuts and cheats, but they're tucked away. And so that when you go there, it is very similar. It's so wild. Yeah. It, it was incredible to, to see it from a perspective like that Um, and to realize you had told me and it's kind of one of those things when somebody tells you it's kind of like okay yeah well that's great like it's immersive and almost exactly like New York but then like I went to New York and I was like holy shit (laughs) this is exactly like the game Um, I I can't wait to go back Uh, my friends told me well now you gotta go to LA and I was like I have no desire to go to Los Angeles. LA sucks. I hate LA. And you, it was just the weirdest thing with the movie stuff, but like, it is not a fun town to travel to, in my opinion, because everything is so, it's like, um, you know how Columbus is spread out, right? Yeah. But imagine like a city of whatever, 20 million people. It's that same kind of spread out crap. So like if you want to go like in Columbus, if you want to go shopping, you got to go to the north side of town. And then if you want to go to a decent non-chain restaurant, you got to go all the way to the opposite side in downtown. It's kind of that same concept, but a mega city. Yeah. And 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 um, it's not that it has bad stuff. It's not that I mean, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, I've done it twice. It is incredible. Um, but like, come on, you know. Um, it's just not fun to do that. And I love a walking city. I love a city that you can see all of that same amount and quantity of amazingness, but I can just walk or take a really functional subway system. Um, Boston is like New York in that way. Um, I I, well, if you ever go, you got free places to stay. My whole family would put you up. So just let me know and we will hook that up. That's a real offer. Not one of those polite Southern offers because they're Yankees. Um, and, um, but that's like that. And I hear Chicago is like that. 
Um, and so be yeah, LA. I do not like it. And every waiter that is your server spends a brief moment being assessing your value to their career. It's just, it's a weird feeling. And you know, they are like, are you the kid of someone famous? Are you the kid of a producer? Or are you some indie startup guy? Who are you? They're always trying to figure that crap out because everyone's looking to get rich and famous. And it's a little weird. It feels weird. And I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think it's something I would enjoy. So I think you could do a couple cool things, but, and there's so many movie things like you're talking about that you could see, like you see in New York, but it's just, it's not a fun place to be in that way. Yeah. So. I, I, the New York thing, I'll just keep going back to, I love the idea of like this place with all of these people and being able to just get lost. Like, it sounds weird to be like, none of these people care. They don't care. But that's kind of freeing. Where nobody, like, nobody's going to be like, oh, hey, how are you? And make, like, stupid, polite conversation when they really don't care. They don't care, so they're not going to ask you how your day is. No, no, I'm, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I loved it, so... I can definitely see myself eventually trying to live there and probably failing, but trying to live there. I would support you. Katie, I have that talk every few weeks. It's like, how could we do it? We don't have a good solution. We need like five other people to want to move to so we can all split the rent. I mean, I'm in. We got one. Um, Yeah, that would certainly make it more affordable for me to be able to do the things I'd want to do because as you know like you went you got tickets to the premiere Broadway show oh yeah um, it was definitely like let me let me do everything I can do pull out all the stops for the anniversary gift tickets I got tickets to shows that were very well regarded but on their uh I don't want to say way out but have run their course sure and those tickets were still $150, mm-hmm. which is expensive. But, uh, like my buddy, Sean was great. He gripes about every, anything money. He's such a money fiend. Um, he was griping about the price and, uh, which was included in the tour. He'd already paid for it. I don't know why he cared, but, uh, uh, I, calmly pointed out to him i was like have you ever taken your kids to the springer yeah i was like okay they get student discount right which is 50 percent off and he was like yeah actually uh, up until i lost my uh college id for uh columbus state i used to use it to get a student discount too i'm like okay so you were paying like you know 30 bucks a ticket and okay that's still a little expensive but reasonable i was like some of those seats are like 75 bucks a pop and that's for a, a local state theater. Yes. But local theater in Columbus with no well-known actors, it's literally people coming through Columbus state through their uh, programs or quote unquote uh, theater people that are locals like that. That's, and none of those people get paid. Like those tickets are so expensive for like the level of 
the poverty level or whatever you want to call it in Columbus. It's not affordable for families to go to the Springer period. It's not. And, you know, in relation, the Broadway tickets were not as expensive as I thought they might be. I don't want to know how much your Hamilton tickets were. $450 a piece. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. On the but, cheaper end, because I got them before they sold out. Because what happens is they sell out, and then the tickets go up much more expensive. So each showing eventually sells out, um, and then the prices skyrocket beyond that. So I play, I paid face value for the tickets. That is the cheap version of going to see Hamilton. I think my entire trip cost about $3,000. That's not bad at all. But, yeah, flight and everything. Was like three thousand yeah. dollars. Well, our right. flight, our flights together cost probably the same amount, if not a little less, than the Hamilton tickets. And excuse me, let me let me rephrase. Then one Hamilton ticket. Yeah, that does not shock me. So the 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 flight straight from Chattanooga to New York is pretty cheap, um, and so, but it was honestly worth it. I've I've. It, it was a very moving, amazing show. Well, really well done. It's all it, it earns its hype. Um, and I am the type that if um, I overspent, I would have buyers and more in the moment. I would be like, "This is not good. Why did I do this?" <laughs> um, and so, like, and it has stayed with me. And I really like the Hamilton mixtape where they have kind of the pop star covers of the music, which is really good. Like, it's just in all lots lots of ways. It's sort of infiltrated my life and stayed with me um and so no very much worth it but um would have a hard time spending that much money on show tickets ever again it felt like a once in a lifetime kind of thing that when ezra's like 30 or 40 and we're like yeah we saw hamilton on broadway and he'll be like wow that's impressive you're so old dad and like and that's fine but at least i'll kind of that it just felt like one of those things um, and I was honestly slightly afraid and had no idea if Katie would go and hate the city because she's her brother Patrick hates it and she's all in her I think her brother David does as well and she's always sort of heard negative things and has sort of assumed she would hate it and um, and we're just different enough that my love doesn't mean that she would love it you know and um, so I was like if this is it we might as well do it as big as possible um, and luckily she fell in love with it so I wasted all that money but um but she loves the city and it worked out but it was, it was good but i really so i really wanted i love plays I, the first time i went i went to see frost nixon with um uh god i can't believe we just forgot his name he's going to be in frank good omens oh well, frank langella yes and um the guy's going to be in good omens with david Tennant. oh um... martin michael michael sheen yeah, my machine. So the other two of them. So you know, from the Ron Howard movie, the cast from the Ron Howard movie, it was just them, um, and it was just the two of them though in the in the play and playing Frost and Nixon, and it was so wonderful. It was like forty dollars for me to go, um, and it was so good, and they were so good. I've never experienced anything like that, and I love it. And it was just a play, a straight play, and so I really want to go back and see another play. Um, so Harry Potter speaking my language, but even something like off Broadway, I just want to go see a story told that way. It's not necessarily a musical because I really loved that 
experience. And I like to do that again. And we sort of debated, but, um, or I did, but it just, Hamilton was the way to go this time. But next time it's a play for sure. Do you know the difference between what constitutes on Broadway and off Broadway and off, off Broadway? No. The size of the theater. Okay. That's, I mean, I, I assume that went with it. Like 500 seats or more, I think, is constitutes a Broadway play. Uh, under that is off-Broadway, and I think under, like, 200 or something is off-off-Broadway. Huh. I mean, so it's funny. The stereotype in my head sort of matches those, like, qualifications, but I never knew those legitimate rules to it. Yeah. I would, I would always assume the size of the theater, but not necessarily the size of the audience. You know, like how many people it could seat. I would assume like off off Broadway is like just some place for the stage. That, like when we went to go see uh, the short film festival. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay, this seats 45 people. That's definitely off off Broadway. So. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, next time we're going to go. It's going to be fun. I like it. I'm I'm going to start like seriously saving money to do something like that. Um, Maybe even to the point that like I'm foregoing my like got to get X-Men number one, got to get X-Men number one. Um, Although I did almost just splurge and buy a copy that is beat to shreds on eBay the other day for $1,300. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Me too. Uh, I was like, uh, I think I, uh, but I was having a rough day. I was like, I should just do it. I should just do it. Just put it on, split it up over two credit cards and just do it. And I was like, no, I've already spent like, I talked myself out of it because I've already spent so much money getting this car fixed up and like all this other stuff. Like, no, don't do that. You'll hate yourself. You'll immediately regret it. You know what we have in a little over a year, though? What? Heroes Con. Yeah? We're going to go. I'm not letting go of it. We're going to go. I'm in. If okay. if, I mean, if we buy everything early enough, like if we get uh, hotel reservations and everything before the end of the year and just pay for them, it's relatively cheap. Um, the tickets aren't expensive at all. I think for the whole weekend, it's like 60 bucks or something. It's like 50 right now. I, I looked because I was curious what it was like to get them late. And it's like 50. Yeah, it's not an expensive convention. Um, the hotel, we, me and Tim stayed on site. And I think we spent $250 a piece for the hotel room. Yeah. Because we booked it in advance. Um, so... I mean, my goal is to book it at the end of the summer. Oh, I'm in. So, I'm, like, I'm, I want, I want us to like lock it down and say we're doing it. And booking a hotel and paying in advance isn't necessarily the same thing. And right. so we'll figure that out. But like, I want us to have it on the books that we're going. I'm absolutely in. Good so, deal. I've wanted. To, I hate that it's on Father's Day weekend, but I wanted to go back ever, ever since Tim and I went. I, I had such a good time. I felt bad for Tim because I just kind of fucked off and did my own thing. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you're also a person. Well, unless it's just me and you, 
uh, which you're into most everything that I'm into, but you're uh, the kind of person who like, I'll sounds terrible to say it this way. I would not feel bad of being like, well, I'm going to do this over here. You'd just be like, okay, well, I'll meet up with you later. No, absolutely. Uh, that sounds perfect to me. So no, I, I think it'll be anyway. Yeah, no, I just really want to do that. So, um, so we'll do star Wars celebration, Anaheim. Then we'll do, Heroes Con, <laughs> then we'll do New York. <laughs> you, have you heard about the uh, the uh, the four hour time limit at, at Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm holding forced. I'm really curious to see what this looks like in in over the next few months as people start going and really doing it. I'm very curious what it's going to start to look like. Luckily, I didn't book that well in advance. Yeah. But I'm going to go there anyway when I can spend $800 on lightsabers so I can get both Adventures' lightsabers and both of Ahsoka's lightsabers. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to have to get the second job, Spencer. I know. <laughs> and I'm putting that sort of work. We're going to make those prints. We're going to, yeah. We're going to put, um, we're going to start a YouTube channel of him opening toys. We'll be rich in no time. I mean, if all all you have to get is the right, like the right audience, like if people start flocking to it, they'll give you YouTube will give you the sponsorships. You know, you can get the commercials. So yeah, we're not doing that, but now we'll see. We're trying to. I think Katie's new job has kind of given us some hope for potential stuff in the future. So, but we don't know what that looks like yet. So we're just sort of rolling with it, but dreaming, which is nice. Yeah, I've got to get good about saving money. I've done really good since the New York trip. I've wasted some... I've spent a lot of money at the Braves game last weekend. But, um, I mean, relatively speaking, I used to spend like 250 or 2 to $250 a week buying comics, and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, Well, that's a good start. You just do that, and you can do all the things you want to do. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say a week. Probably at least $400 a month on comics. Yes, I stand by my statement. Yeah. (laughs) I do not do that anymore. Um, Now it's probably down to about less than $200 probably a month. So, And a lot of that's the stuff I'm buying currently. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. I'm exhausted now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. No, this is fun. I like catching up. Um, it's a long episode. So enjoy this, folks. Hey, Jacob, I realize we skipped over your shout out. I hope you're doing well. And if you don't care what I hope, then I don't care what you're doing either. <laughs> this is my weak attempt at the few that doesn't exist. Oh. Maybe it does, and I just don't care anymore. Yeah, I cut out all the bad things he says about you on the X-Wing files. I just can't be bothered to care anymore. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, this is good. Um, We'll do it again soon. And you're going out of town this weekend, so we won't see you this weekend. Um, And honestly, like I am, for the first time in a while, um, I know I swear like a sailor, but I'm legitimately upset that I'm going to miss a church service. I have genuinely like just been so happy 
like those two services I went to. Like such a good experience. I'm glad, man. No, it's um it's very different and I like it. And I'm excited for this week because he's gonna be actually there again this week talking. Um so I'm excited for that. And um no, yeah, I'm oh, I, yeah, I think next time we do this, let's talk about that in more detail. I would love to. Because I haven't had a good conversation. Me and Katie have talked about it a lot, but it'd be nice to talk about it with someone else who's having their own individual experience with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. I mean, safe travels this weekend. I know I'll talk to you because we text every day at least once, probably. (laughs) Usually in a group text that involves my brother. I love it when we're both busy at work and he has absolutely nothing going on. And I look at my phone, there's just this string of messages and it eventually devolves into, well, y'all are busy. You don't really care what I have to say. I think it's one does not equate to the other Ryan, but I'm sorry you feel that way, buddy. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. Oh um, man. It, it doesn't make me laugh. I always feel extremely guilty instantly. Which is not his fault. That's my fault for feeling that way. But it really gets under my skin. And I'm like, oh, what do I do to hold him? And then someone talks to me. And I'm like, I can't talk to him right now. I have the benefit of a 40-year relationship with him. And also knowing that, for the most part, his brain works exactly the same way mine does. And I know when I start feeling that way, a day later, 10 hours later, I will think about that and go, you're such an idiot. Like, obviously, other people have lives. They they don't revolve around you. Somebody had something going on and did not get a chance to respond to your text message. Shit I literally do to every person I know, including you. But inevitably, I will text somebody something and not hear back for a day or whatever and be like, fuck them. They don't care about me anyway. <laughs> You've said that about me before. There's no way you haven't. I've said that honestly about every person I know at some, not said it, but like that thought has crossed yeah. my mind about every single person. I. But that's not anybody other than my own like stuff working against me. So, which since I recognize it, I feel like that's at least a little bit better. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, anyway, yeah, just... I've rambled on enough. Well, everybody, have a better tomorrow. Bye.